0: Sound good? Okay. All right. Welcome to the Kelly Cardenas podcast, where attitude is everything, the 98 2. My dad said that I was the example of the 98 2 rule, which is 98% attitude and 2% aptitude. You can imagine how shocked I was at the time when he said that. I was thinking, Dad, you're saying that I'm not smart. But what he was saying is that my attitude would be the thing that got me to uh, increase my aptitude, but my aptitude could never increase my attitude. So on today's show, I'm so excited to be able to have this young lady. Um, she has been a mentor of mine uh, for years and years and years. And I think one of the greatest things about her is the fact that she continues to grow. She continues to push herself to completely different levels. Um, she's a, a, an entrepreneur. She's a wife. She's a mom. She's a grandma now. She's about to be a second grandma, so she ain't trying to do anything else outside of that. She owns Paul Mitchell schools all over the country. Um, she also uh, is has got a, a salon business that is going out. Ab- Absolutely nuts right now, um, building that, and now she has next level salon leadership. Um, she's a John Maxwell coach. You can find her at Tina uh, at uh, Tina M Black P M T S on Instagram, uh, Facebook. It's Tina Black Facebook for Next Level uh, Salon Leadership is just the name, and then at NL Salon Leadership on Instagram. I want to welcome to the show the one and only. Tina
1: Black. Oh my gosh. I don't know how I'm going to get through this whole thing without taking notes just on things that you say, Kelly, because as you know, everything I cue out is really pretty much regurgitating what you've taught me over the years. So, so thank you so much for having me on here. It really is an honor. And I just adore you and your entire family. Your wife is incredible and your children are incredible. So thank you so much.
0: Well, my, my son continues to sing the song. Uh, what do you, with the rusty razor, um, what do you do with a drunken sailor, uh, tie him down and shave him with a rusty razor? This was, this comes from uncle B, which is your boyfriend, as you call him. Um, little backstory here, Tina and I, uh, you know, we met years and years ago, almost 14 years ago, um, 14, 15 years ago, probably at one of the most pivotal points in my career. Um, I, uh, she happened to walk into the back room, I believe right afterwards, (laughs) But, um, when I was going, when I was, uh, when I was in this back room, I probably didn't react the best, um, in the world. I had a, a a scenario happen and I, I learned from it. And, uh, we met in a Chicago, um, uh, Chicago hair show. And I remember her hiring me in to come and speak to her, uh, school. And when she picked me up, um, Before this, before I landed, she had told me about her husband, and I was like, okay, cool, but she didn't tell me his name, so she shows up to the hotel to pick me up to take me to the school where I'm going to speak at, and I get in the car, and she introduces me to her boyfriend, Brian. And this was one of the most uncomfortable things that I've ever experienced in my entire life. I get in the car and she said, oh, this is my boyfriend, Brian. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this chick is married and she's like outwardly hooking up with this dude, Brian, this is her boyfriend. And I'm so uncomfortable in the back of the car, but she keeps talking about Jesus. She keeps telling me, like, oh, yeah, we're brothers and sisters in Christ. And I'm thinking, I don't serve that Christ. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what Christ you're serving, but you are uh, you, you are an infidel. You are uh, hooking up with some other dude. And, Bad girl. and now I'm a part of this thing. Like, now I have to co-sign for it because I'm in the car, and I'm driving. I'm so uncomfortable the whole time. And she's like, oh, yeah, this is Brian. This is my boyfriend, Brian, blah, 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 blah. I'm so uncomfortable. I don't know what to do. And I'm thinking, should I call? Like, should I call a 1-900 number? Like, you know, uh, you know, be a good wife, 1-800, be a good wife. Or um, I should call the police, something. Mm-hmm. And later on that day, I realized that she's so in love with her husband that she calls him her boyfriend. <laughs> so this was my introduction. <laughs> this was my introduction into Tina's world. But help me with this because you've been married for how many years?
1: 33 years. 33 years. So funny you said that because I'll never forget at a graduation, close to a graduation ceremony, I was uh, sitting there with uh, my students and I was telling them that I was was introducing my boyfriend and they were just staring. I counted literally for 10 seconds. It probably felt like 30 minutes because their mouths just dropped when I said I was going to introduce my boyfriend And there's been other moments and times that I've embarrassed of too, Kelly, where I've said, oh, have you guys met my boyfriend? And then students would look and whisper to each other, I thought she was married. I thought, (laughs) like, don't get too excited, you guys. Just got to keep it fresh. So everybody thinks it's funny, but I love to embarrass Brian too. (laughs) So
0: so how, how, how long, how many years? How many years have you been married?
1: 33 years.
0: 33 years. And you guys like together are like, 12-year-olds.
1: <laughs> what? <laughs> what? You have to keep it that way, Kelly. That's the that's secret.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what? <laughs> but how do you keep it that way? Because, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Like, for me, it's easier on my side because my wife is, like, super hot. Like, really, really hot. And so if you marry up, then, you know, everything's good. But in that scenario, there's always going to be someone who didn't marry up. Like, I married up. My wife didn't marry up. Um, So, like, I'm super grateful because I was on the AT&T call today, seriously, literally, for like an hour and a half, and this was awful. But I looked across at my wife, and I was like, you are smoking. So, it made AT&T okay. What's the secret for both of you to be in this giddy, crazy, like, in love space? What's the secret here?
1: Honestly, it's it's several things, but I definitely married up. I'm so blessed to be married to Brian Black. And I'll never forget the day that I met him and the day that we got married. And I couldn't believe that he would actually choose someone like me. And so I still, to this day, and he gets hotter and hotter every year. Like he's the sexiest 60 year old that I ever met in my entire life. And, uh, but you know, it, it comes to a point in your time of life just for everything that you just have to say, I'm going to intentionally keep it this way. And it really is about that attitude that pops is talking about. Right. And it's everything. Attitude is everything. And so you, you make a choice to say, Hey, and I love that you always say commitment eliminates options that it does. And so, to just be committed and be full on, full in. And that's why I call him my boyfriend because I don't know what happens to a lot of marriages. They treat their boyfriend better than they do their spouse. And so that's why I say it that way because you just, you got to keep it fresh. You have to always be dating your spouse, always be. uh, And do I get it right every time, Kelly? No, absolutely 100%. I don't, Uh, but I I work on it and I keep working with my mindset with it and that you have to be really intentional all the time. (laughs)
0: <laughs> when, when's the last time that you failed in it? Because you said that you keep working on it. You're not perfect all the time. Although I see you, uh, Daily. I mean, when, no, don't no, tell me <laughs> we, we want to know a specific time when a Tina Black messed up in your relationship, because otherwise we're going to think that you hop from cloud to cloud. You know what I'm saying? Like oh, yeah. some people no, that are around you. Okay. What'd you do? This
1: morning. What'd you do this morning? My husband would say cute. She wasn't keeping it for this morning when I was trying to get with her. <laughs> 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 and i was like no honey i have to get on a webinar i have to do a call this morning and uh and he's like ah so yeah it's a daily thing you know
0: <laughs> that's good that's good so it, it's good because we're leading right into this i mean i think in in today's society and i like this was really really heavy on my heart last night because as i was uh looking i watched the um documentary dude perfect have you seen this Okay, you're going to have to watch it. It's amazing. Yeah, these, YouTubers, these YouTubers are phenomenal. They're Christian dudes. And, and I yeah. mean, they're phenomenal, phenomenal human beings. And I started to ask myself, like, okay, you know, obviously I want my me- the, the message. I want people to understand, like, the reason why I started the podcast is because I wanted to humanize iconic people like yourself. I wanted to help my kids to see that a Tina Black and a Brian Black and what you're doing is nothing more than human beings doing what they're passionate about. Right, but it was really, really heavy on my heart, and exactly what you're talking about, your relationship with your husband, this is where it flows into, is there is such a call for husbands and for fathers right now, more than ever. Can you speak to that subject
1: Oh my God. Uh, you know, I'll never forget uh, this moment. Have you heard of uh, Miles Monroe? He, he, he's passed away. He was in a, um, he was in a uh, plane crash in the Bahamas where he lives, but he was an incredible speaker pastor. And I'll never forget this moment because somehow, some way I talked to my husband into coming to this event, it's called an increase event. And he's not into like motivational seminars at all, except when he's listening to you, Kelly. Uh, but the interesting thing is he, I finally get him to go and then he just gets upset with it and is really enjoying it so miles miles monroe is speaking and somehow some way we get to the front row at that moment and it was literally just months before uh, we heard him speak kelly that he passed away in this plane crash and i felt like i was born for such a moment as that because he spoke into us and basically was talking to the men in the room and he said now more than ever men You need to understand that you need to take care of your wife and you need to take care of your children because leadership starts at home. And so when he said that, like this whole chill just went through my entire body because I was like, that's it. That's what this is all about. Like we have to get it right at home first or we're going to act a fool in the workplace. Like you can't act a fool at home and then expect that you're not going to act a fool in the workplace. And I started watching myself and noticing Kelly that, when I would act a fool with my husband that I would go into work, like just kind of depressed and a little on edge, a little bit more angry, not a good, not a good leader those days. And so I was like, I got to get this right, right now. And that's kind of like the process when I I even more so tried to call my husband, my boyfriend, again, I don't get it right every single day. Right. And, uh, but more than ever, like men need to stand up and they cannot be silent and, And I believe that talking to the women too, because we have to be their biggest encourager, their biggest supporter so that they can stand up and not be silent in this world. Because more than ever, we need to stand up for what is right and everything that's happening in our world. And it's always been something going on. Right. But I would say 2020 is that year that we have this opportunity to really shine our light.
0: So I think a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of women that are listening and you know, I want you guys to hear this because, you know, for, me, for myself, I'm I'm very fortunate, right? So I, I've been very fortunate, and I've said this to you before, that I married a woman who's an amplifier. Like, you're an amplifier. I watch you with your husband. I watch you when you don't know I'm watching. And you amplify him in all the things that he does. My wife, Brooklyn, like, I've never, ever, ever experienced anything like, I mean, she literally will tell me I'll have an idea and we'll talk about it. We'll pray about it. And she'll be like, I got you. Let's go. Let's go. You don't have to worry about all the rest of this stuff. Let's go. And speak to the women out there because a lot of women, what they might be hearing is I ain't trying to amplify him. He's going to get a big head and then he's going to treat me not as well. So I need to make sure that I keep my voice as high as possible but that's not what I hear from you. But I, I think a lot of times from to people's perspective, a lot of women have had to step in, and I understand this, my mom had to do it at times, when the man wasn't stepping up. But I believe that my wife spoke into existence greatness in her husband and in her uh, in her children's father and me, because she amplified who I was, as opposed to telling me the things I was doing wrong. Can you speak to that?
1: Wow. It's everything, Kelly, like everything that we say and do and who we are to our husband can change the whole, the whole trajectory of our entire lives. It can, it can change the next generation, you know, of our children. And so as a woman, like you have this opportunity, I always say um, the man might be the head, but we're the neck. like we can actually turn their heads in a little bit different direction just by, like you said, amplifying encouragement and giving, you know, words of, of just, You know, this is who you are. This is what I see. And I think it's so important now more than ever to stay in the word and to hear God's voice. And I love the messages that you've been giving out because you keep listening for God's voice. And it's so powerful because as I I look and I think about my husband, it's like, God, what do you see about him that he needs to know? And so I have this opportunity to get it right with my husband, with my kids, to be able to share with them what I see, the good in them that can happen. And I'll tell you, I I watch my husband. He's one of the most brilliant men in the entire universe. And I get to list, he's a lawyer. He he can fix anything. We always talk about that with Brian. He can do anything. But just to see kind of what he's accomplished at such a young age, because he didn't have a dad around. Uh, He looked up to his dad, but his dad was never around. And so to kind of watch him. And so I think it's important, women, as you listen to this, If you need to look at your men and see, like, what have they gone through in their life and amplify what was great about what they've gone through and build them up. Like, we have this opportunity to build people up. It's got to start at home. Start with your husband. And the more you give, the more you get back. And I try to live by Luke 638, which is, give and it shall be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over. I love that because I just love the verbiage of that, that Bible verse, Kelly. But thinking about with my husband, the more I give to him, the more I get back from him as well. And there's two things. I just heard it from Tony Robbins, actually. And I was like, wow, this is where I get it wrong. There's two things that men cannot, you cannot do to men. And one is criticize them or try to control them. And I tell you, that's where I've gotten it wrong so many times because I have, I have criticized him, I have tried to control him, I'm a very dominant woman, I have a lot of drive inside of me and so I just have to really watch myself through that process and so going through that lesson with Tony Robbins, which you remind me of him Kelly, um, just really reiterated to me like this, like I need to stop that, I need to let him be aware of where I'm getting, getting it wrong and uh, he always says well I just want action. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, okay, honey, I will. No, he says, less words, more action. So I'm like, okay, you got it. And uh, but I think it's important to not just look where we get it right, Kelly, but also to constantly be looking at our weak points and be able to call those out on ourselves too, and be able to share those, you know, with our spouse, you know, so that we can continue to grow together. I I believe that together we're better, and it's proven true. There's no way. Brian and I would be where we are today if it wasn't for us using each other's strength
0: where we're at. Well, Ali Ko, uh, who is a, a huge mentor of mine, he told me years ago, he's uh, like, and I thought it was a dig when I he said him. it. And <laughs> he told me, he said, um, you'll be more credible when you're married. And at the time I was single yeah. and I didn't want to hear that. I was kind of mad at him. I was like, what are you talking about? I'm not credible on my own. He said, you'll be in different conversations because people will trust you at a different level because of your relationship with your wife. And what I found it to be true is I find myself in different arenas now than when I was single. Why do you think that is?
1: I love that Ali Co said that you'll be more credible when you're married. I never really thought of it that way, but you're right. And so when you see someone getting it right at home, like you want to have more trust in them because everybody is kind of like what everybody's searching for, you know, is to have this incredible marriage and to have children. And then, you know, you even watch social media, what gets the biggest hit is pictures of your kids, pictures of your grandkids, pictures of your spouse when you're happy. And it's almost like that's, no matter what, that's what the world is always looking for because we all we all have a desire, number one, is to be loved by somebody, right? And so when someone sees that happen in your life, and I truly believe, like, again, one is too small a number to achieve greatness. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go with others. And how cool is that when you have a spouse that you can work with? And I remember when Wynn Klavos said years ago, he said, said when are we going to get brian to work with us you know and he just retired like two years ago and he's now working full-time with the schools and with the salons and you know being a part of that and he got to fight in washington dc for the paul mitchell schools for all cosmetology schools for that matter and i was by his side the whole time just cheering him on you know cheering on his strengths and there's just so much more opportunity i think if you've got two people now imagine Now I have my daughter in business with me, Kelly. And now my son's joining our business and working um, within our businesses as well. Like now we have four, you know? And it's just so cool because we have like this brand in our family and it's called We Do Life Together. And so it's important, I think, not only that you're doing life together at home, but you're also doing life together in business. And so what does that look like for you? And how can you make that happen? Because I believe God gives you the spouse and the children that you're supposed to have through all of life, not just at home, but professionally, physically, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually. And it's so much more fulfilling because, you know, we have eternity (laughs) to be with each other. So let's get it right here now uh, so that we can spend eternity with one another.
0: So sometimes people, I hear this all the time. I work with my wife and I think it's amazing. I mean, and some people are like, I couldn't work with my wife. And I'm like, maybe you should uh, like assess your relationship. Um, yeah. But what do you say to the people that say like, there's no way, but also give us the reality of what is the the pain point in this? Because you working with your daughter, you working with your son, you working with your husband um, sometimes as a person in business, you could, you know, work with them, shut it down, go home, you know, refill, go back to work. This is the normal model. What you're saying is, is I have introduced my family to my work, my work to my family. Um, where's the pain points in this?
1: <laughs> well, again, let's go back to, uh, the two things that men can't do to men. And one is to criticize them or try to control them. <laughs> <laughs> and so, again, it, it's with business, right? And so, you know, my husband getting into the business a little bit more. And so I had more of that critical attitude, like, you don't know, this is, I've been doing this for so many years, and then me trying to control him. And so I had to like really shift myself and say, okay, wait, where is his strength? What can I do? Just like I would with any other team member coming on board with us. What can I do to treat him that way? And not try to control him right and so I had to really watch myself and and so I did I started to watch myself and started to see kind of my pattern that I was having you know with him and so then uh, we kind of noticed that we kept talking 24 7 about business and there was no conversation that was happening with us and so we ended up uh, hiring a marriage coach that we've been coaching with for over a year now this guy is incredible And he's helped kind of like open up my eyes and Brian's eyes to see things that we didn't see before. And, you know, us moving into this next venture into our life, I always believe that you've got to always have different coaches in your corner in different areas of your life. And and Brian just absolutely loved it. It, He taught us ways to communicate uh, with one another. And the best lesson that we ever learned, Kelly, we don't always get it right. Uh, but is to set up a a meeting like I have meetings with my staff right and so we have you know a staff meeting so set up a meeting with your husband and we call it the black family meeting and so I have it on uh, Friday nights at 7 p.m. and so it's always on my calendar we have it scheduled in and that way we know that we're supposed to talk business during that time we always get it right though because sometimes we have to sit down (laughs) we've had a lot of happening, of course, uh, that's been happening this year in 2020, where we've had to have those conversations. But I think, again, it's going back to being super intentional about our time together. And you taught me, Kelly, of being present. And I always I still use the bottle of water of, you know, balance is about being present and taking and balancing the water and being present where you're at. And I love your advice, and I've tried this on so many times, and so has Brian, and we continue to work on this, we haven't gotten it right every time, is being 100% present with where we're at each other, understanding each other. So especially if we're traveling, now I don't travel as much because of Zoom calls, thank God for these calls, but with traveling and, and me being present with the people I'm at, and him knowing that I have to be there for the people that I'm with as well too. So I think it's an understanding And a shift, but I would rather, much rather travel with him and speak with him. I'm trying to get him on stage more with me. Uh, he's a brilliant, uh, brilliant man, brilliant lawyer. He's got so much information. And again, we do life together. I saw years ago that our whole family would be on stage someday, Kelly. And and I really believe that will happen, uh, in our lives. But I think it's just, again, me encouraging him and showing him like this is, this is, you know, what you're good at Brian and, and, and all of that. So
0: well the encouragement I think is so incredible what effects have you seen in you were talking about not criticizing right not criticizing and uh, what was the other one
1: and controlling and not controlling and, okay so you, don't like those things
0: <laughs> well you 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 helped us on that help us on the side of the give give us the top three things to do for a man because yeah,
1: it's the opposite of criticizing is what is it it's calling out the greatness in somebody. Yeah. So always constantly looking. And so, you know, just shut your mouth. And instead of, you know, spewing out something that's going to be critical of that person, like bring out something that's good of him, you know? And so same thing as not don't control, right? Just, uh, I love what you always say. Stick with the plan. Go with the flow. Um, so to, trying not to be, you know, that because I am a high D and the disc assessment, i I'm a personality trainer. And so I can't use that as an excuse. I have to use it as be aware. These are some of your tendencies when you're unhealthy. But when you're healthy, you can use that for the good, right? And so to really be watching myself and not being so controlling of him and allow him to have a voice. So today and yesterday we talked about this. I'm like, okay, one of the weaknesses that I interrupt him all the time. And he always and I'm like, okay, so what could be a good way for you to remind me when I'm interrupting you? So I won't tell you exactly what he told me this morning (laughs) because it's kind of funny, but kind of not at the same time. And uh, so uh, and I we started laughing so hard this morning talking about that. But I think again, it just comes with awareness, uh, being intentional, and also calling each other out in a fun way without getting so angry. At each other when we are making those
0: mistakes. <laughs> so this is this is a, a big thing for us too. Now, what what effects has you know you're you're amplifying him? You have a great relationship with your with your husband. You call him your boyfriend. You guys have this love for each other. Obviously, it doesn't come. It's not perfect. Nothing is perfect. Um, what effects have you seen um, in your children? Yeah, I
1: mean. I'm just so proud of my daughter because, you know, just her kind of watching how much Brian honors me and just, you know, how he has treated me all of these years. I knew that she wanted a man like Brian. And it's so cool because the man that she did marry, he's six foot 10, by the way. Yes, he was a pro baller. He literally stopped um, playing basketball so that he could move back home and marry Brianna because he didn't want to lose her. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's my story. I'm sticking to it. I believe it's true. But they, he has so many of the same exact qualities that my husband has, and so it's really cool to be able to see that. I remember when I was pregnant with Brianna, Kelly, and and Justin, that I prayed for them. I prayed for their future spouses, and I literally get in tears every time I talk about this and think about this because I knew the moment that I met Corey, all six foot ten of him, that he was the one. for her and same thing as Justin with Mary Catherine who we call MK uh, for short right and so I remember when I met her within six seconds I knew she was the one that I prayed for and I remember telling that story at their engagement and and so it's just so really neat to be able to see that because of the respect that my husband has had for me and vice versa that, you know, we, again, we do life together and we all want to be together. Like we joke about it, but we're kind of honest that it would be really cool to have a house where we all live together uh, because we all really want to be around each other and, and do life together, right? Now we're doing business together as well too. But of course, I'm a grandma now, so I want to watch, You know, my grandkids do want to be a full-time grandma, nanny, so to speak. <laughs> we'll see what happens there. But, but to make that long story short, I think, you know, just, really sitting down with Brianna years ago and I teach students this across the nation who want to get married right or people that want I'm like who wants to get married let me tell you how to do it and I'll tell you what I coached my daughter to do and this is what she did is she wrote down on a sheet of paper uh, exactly what she wanted found in a spouse and her non-negotiables and she as soon as she wrote, writes them down and then she starts looking for those types of traits right. In, in a future spouse and so that's exactly what she found so it's, it's amazing when you start writing things down i i even tell salon owners to do this kelly um when they're trying to look for an ideal candidate to work in their companies as well but you can kind of you know again whatever happens at home can happen at work right and then same as my son and he it's just so cool to watch because he watched the way that my husband you know brian treated me all these years and we couldn't figure out why he wouldn't date Women, you know, he's a good-looking kid. uh He just wouldn't and date, and we'd be like, "Why aren't you dating?" And he's like, "Well, mom, because that's another man's daughter and another man's wife. So why would I date them if I know I'm not going to marry them?" So he knew when he wanted to get married, and so then he knew that he would start seeking out that person. But he knew the qualities that he was looking for. And I remember after college, I was like, "Are you ever gonna you gonna get a girlfriend?" Because I think you need a girl. <laughs> and so you know giving the motherly advice and he's like mom you'll see you'll see and then along comes Mary Catherine and I really believe she was God given you know to our family as well but my my daughter-in-law my son-in-law definitely complete our family We're, we're just so blessed you know in that so but I think again it goes back to leading by example you know how do you lead by example by example by example and Brian's an incredible example of a great great
0: husband and incredible dad as well so most of the people that are listening they're hearing hearing you which is i mean honestly guys if you get a chance to be able to be around this family i am and i have been i've been blessed to be able to i mean it's the real deal um (laughs) you know, being able to see them together, it's like, I want to find, like, I think all of them have like a sixth toe that I don't know about, um, because God evens things out at some point. Right. But really seriously, and and hanging out with you guys, it's, it's, it's incredible. Um,
1: thank you, Kelly. I feel the same way about your family, by the way.
0: Thank you. Uh, but the, there's also the side, and when I make this reference, some people aren't even going to uh, understand it, but I say the beaver cleaver kind of like, you know, 2.1 <laughs> kids, a picket fence, all those things.
1: I love that show. <laughs> Okay, I did too.
0: <laughs> is that what this thing is or has there been... Dark, there, has there been a dark side? Has there been times of trials? Has there been, because when you're listening at this or you're, you're, you're listening or you know, Tina Black, you see her, she's got the biggest smile on her face. She's got a positive attitude. She's working through and a lot of people. And I, I want people to know you, Tina. That's why I want to have you on here is because a lot of people dismiss all your success because they're like, oh, well that just happens for her. That's just who she is. She got a perfect family. She got a perfect kid. She got a perfect son. He played quarterback. He looks like the Hulk now. He's always got his shirt off and oiled up with baby oil on Instagram doing uh, uh, bench press, which he shouldn't be because he makes me feel bad about myself. Um, you've got, you know, uh, your your daughter who's so amazing, salon owner, um, doing her thing. Uh, John Maxwell, coach too. You got your husband with his shirt off all the time. That's where your son gets it. That's um, true. And you see, these, you see these things and a lot of people, literally, like I've been around and a lot of people will discredit it, be like, well, yeah, she's successful, but that's just, that's what she was born into. Talk to us about some of the challenges that you've been through, whether it be, you know, personally, uh, as a family, um, in business, because I think that that really helps people to understand that like you weren't born with a, a, a golden spoon. All these things weren't just handed to you. I've been through with this. I've been with you through these things. Um, and I know them, but I want the listeners to know.
1: Kelly, I mean, we've all been through trials and tribulation. And when I look, when I'm going through them, I don't want to be going through them at all. Uh, but afterwards, it, it gets easier the older you get. Like if you're going through, I just went through a crisis recently. And it gets easier as you get older because you know that it's too that it'll it'll pass, right? We've talked about this through uh, COVID and we're like, we're going to be fine the first two days. I thought there's no way I can get through this, you know? Uh, But it really all started when I was 16 years old. I'll I'll never forget the day I was sitting there writing a suicide note to my family. And I, for years, honestly, through that whole process, you know, God brought me through that process. You know, I tell the story in my book, The Amazing, But he truly brought me through that so that I could help people. And I really didn't realize at that time. And I wish I would have known. So when I do coach people, I'm like, okay, whatever you're going through, you're going through for other people. Like, just keep that in mind. Start journaling this. Like, you're going to be okay. Right now, I know uh, through that process. But but I'll tell you, and it's crazy because I remember when I met my husband, I was uh, 19 years old. And so it wasn't that much earlier before that that I really was you know going through that depression and I remember my husband told me that I remember when I met you you would tell me this like how much you were struggling and so he stuck through me through all of that right and through all of that process and and it's just so amazing how I've come through that and years later he saw something in me with opening a cosmetology school I was in dentistry at that time Kelly and he said you know I, I really feel like God's telling me that if we start this cosmetology school or buy this cosmetology school, which was a traditional beauty school at the time, that you could really make this a ministry for you. And I was like kicking and screaming, like, I don't, I don't want this ministry of doing hair, you know? And, but he was right. Literally within six months, I had a student come to my office and she said, I tried to commit suicide last night and I knew like, all of a sudden, it came back to me of when I wanted to commit suicide. And I was actually able to help her through that process. Again, whatever you're going through, you're going through for other people. And I didn't realize it until that moment, Kelly, and I wish I would have known, I wish I didn't feel so ashamed about myself all those years before that moment happened. And so now I try to coach people, life coach people through through that process. But um, and then years later, um, I'll never forget 2013. I was diagnosed. Uh, 2014 was a precancerous lesion, and I knew immediately. Within that, it was great because of going through what I went through before. I knew immediately that what I had gone through was going to be for other people, and I was got really excited that I was going to be able to save people's lives and. Years later, I've been teaching educational workshops to help women prevent breast and ovarian cancer, and who knows how many lives I've been able to help, Uh, but now this fall, I'm going to be working with Bright Pink again on another campaign to help save people's lives, and I'm so glad I went through that because I knew I needed to help and change people's lives, so I feel like everything I go through is to change people's lives, and I could give you a list of a million things, but I remember when my husband when we first uh, got he was he was a lawyer and uh, and so we were first in the business as a lawyer and he owned a bunch of property so uh, that's how we first got into um, into money uh, because he would just he, first property he bought was five hundred dollars and literally five hundred dollars. I know it sounds bizarre, right? And the the home that he had bought that he had rented out years later burned down and he got um, insurance money for it, right? And it's so crazy how everything worked out. And so then they use that money to buy another home. And, and through that process, well, then he has this law practice, he and his brother, his dad gets cancer, dies within six months. His dad, um, in his will, um, he had, um, I'm trying to think of the word here, but basically disowned his son. And he went completely against him through that process. And I can tell you this, when he went through that, so Brian taught me this, of whatever you're going through, you're going through. He was so positive through this process. Like, nobody should have been able to get through this, what he went through with the death of his dad and being disowned by him. And this was a man he looked up to, right? He was in a law practice together. And he they, his dad left him uh 300000 worth of debt, which was a real lot back then, which would be like a million dollars right now, you know? And so, and I remember thinking, I can't believe that he's not upset. And I watched him, you know, go through this. And he was like, that was like when God carried me the most, you know? So the bigger the crisis, I, he, he said, the more that God's going to carry you through it. And he did. And he said, that was the closest he was ever to God. And it was uh, probably like one of the happiest moments that God helped gave him like, joy through it right and so but since then he's been able to help people that have struggled again whatever you're going through you're going through for other people you know with bad relationships with their dad and and then years later I remember when my son uh he was playing football and uh he gets he gets transferred to UNI and he's not playing I knew something was wrong you know it's like you know as a mom you know something's wrong and uh, but you don't know what to do about it so you just pray because, you know, as a parent, you're like, you want to control, (laughs) again, going back to control, right? You want to control, you want to be that helicopter parent, but sometimes it's just loving, uh, just stepping back and loving and praying. And I didn't know what was going on, but through the process, he got addicted to prescription medication and through that whole process. And so he came home one day and he said, mom, uh, dad, I'm addicted to prescription meds. I'm going to get better blah, 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 which he did, and whatever you're going through, you're going through for other people, and now years later, uh, listening to a story, and I knew immediately, I was like, oh, my gosh, he's going to help football players because a lot of football players get on this, it's called Adderall, they get hooked on this Adderall, you know, it's a stimulant uh, to keep them awake so they can study for hours and play football for hours, and this is what they do. And so I said, you're going to help people, which he did, he started helping some of his friends to that process. And then he gets on this big, huge uh, podcast series with Joel Marion. That le- led him to a speaking gig uh, for $2,500 in Oklahoma that he's speaking in. And I'm like, you get paid higher than I get paid. I need to raise my feet. What's going on here? And so, but he's going to be able to shift mindsets and help people and, and to hear him, you know, speak about this. It's just, it's incredible. And the lessons that he's learned through it as well and you know I could list on and on you know the challenges that we've gone through but I I truly believe that no matter what happens to us it's happening for us for other people and and I'm just waiting for the next crisis to happen so that I can help people because truly 2020 has been one of those years. (laughs) (laughs)
0: So this has been one of my, one of my, uh, one of the things that has gone through my head over and over again, especially being, you know, uh, growing up in a, in the hair industry, being around people and things like that. And it, it hit me a lot when I was at the Mandalay Bay and I was working there and being exposed to people that I had never been exposed to and, and mentalities that I had never been exposed to either. And my question began then, and this is the question that I have for you is bootstraps people that have obviously gone through trials, have gone through tribulations. Those people, you hear a lot about a person pulling themselves up from their bootstraps. You know, you said that you're 16 years old. You have a, a you know, a, a suicide note. You end up with a great marriage. Your husband, you know, you guys work your butts off. He buys his first property for $500. You go now, you know, now you've got salons in, uh, you know, in Florida and in Michigan, and you're expanding throughout the country. Um, You've got next level leadership. You're a John Maxwell coach. You own Mitchell schools in in, um, Michigan and Florida. You very rarely see this transfer into a second generation after a bootstraps generation. What things are you doing to make sure that the kids are just not eating the crops, but they're actually planting? Because I've watched this happen so many times. I've watched and I've been around kids that it, it made me mad. It did, and I'm not an angry guy. I was when I was a kid, but I was an angry kid a lot of times because I was like, this dude is getting the opportunity because what his parents did, not because of what he did. And coming from a bootstraps type of person, does that make sense? not to say that I spent much time on it because I I learned very early on and it was like there's sometimes people are going to have their time and things like that. What things are you putting in play to keep that type of hunger? Because literally like maybe your parents couldn't do for you because they couldn't, but you, when you couldn't, or when you uh, chose not to do it for your children, it was because you chose not to, not because you couldn't. Does that make sense? So how yeah. are you able to deal with that and what things are you putting in place so your kids continue to grow and and plant as opposed to just consuming?
1: I love that question, Kelly, because I think it's so important to hear that. And, and you know, when I think of my parents, um, I love the mentality that they put into me as well, too, because we did everything on our own and we're really proud of that, you know, that we didn't get, again, Brian's dad left him with, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of debt. So we not only had to pay off that debt, right? Um, but we also had to make it for ourselves. And And so when we look back at that and we thought, okay, what are we going to do with our children? So let's pray about this and make decisions, you know, based on it. And I, I'm so blessed to be able to uh, be a John Maxwell coach, Kelly, because I've learned a lot about mindset. I've learned a lot about leadership skills because leadership is influence. And I've had the opportunity to coach salon owners that have children in their business, and I remember when my daughter was 18 years old, or actually she was 16, and she said, uh, "She said, Mom, um, or actually we were in a car accident, another situation that had happened. She was a really great figure skater. Um, this is, you know, another list of the 2,500 things that happened in our black family. And so she gets, we get in this car accident, and she can't skate anymore." And so that was a tough, tough situation for her. And so I said, you know, Bree, you're going to either have to get a job or, you know, if you're not in sports, because figure skating took a lot of time. She was up early in the morning. Uh, we were at the rink uh, at about 530 in the morning. And then she would have to go to high school at 7 a.m. And then she would come back and get on the rink again. So you could imagine, you know, the time that you put into figure skating. Plus she was in dance and that dance would help her be a better figure skater. But I really believe to this day it prepared her to be the leader that she is today. Right. I think sports are super important in a kid's life. Right. And so um, fast forward, she's 16. I'm like, well, you're not going to like, just come home from school. Like we're, we're not playing this game, you know, like you're going to have to work. I've been working since I was 15, Kelly, and I love working. Right. And so I was like, you're going to have to work, or maybe you could go to cosmetology school in the back of my head. I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, you better pick cosmetology school. Cause this girl is talented. She's an artist too. So we had her in art classes and I thought, okay, you either go to art school, cosmetology school, whatever. I saw this, you know, gift in her. And so in the back of my head, I'm thinking, but I don't want to push her again. I don't want to control her and tell her she has to do this um, because I, I know that she'd be great at it, right? Because I don't want her sitting in therapy thinking years later, oh, my mom made me do hair and I hate it my whole life, you know? So so I just pray about it. And she writes down, because really the only job you could get back then, she's 28 now, was maybe McDonald's or she could go to school, right? We're in Little Portland, Michigan. and. And so um, she actually thought about it for two weeks. I go figure that one. But she writes down all the pros and cons and she decides to go to school. Well, fast forward, she's in the school and there's a lot of jealousy of staff and students. Uh, Brianna's 16 years old. And then Brianna's coming home and telling me all these stories of what the staff and the students were doing to her. And I remember. Her leaving the room crying, my bedroom crying, telling me the story because she went to night school, went to school all day, then went to night school, and she would cry. And when she left, I would cry. She didn't know I was crying. Um, but I gave her the advice of you've got to have the most influence in that place. Like, you've got to lead by example even more. I think "Because all eyes are on you. You're the owner's kid. And I'm telling you, everyone's watching you. So you better take where you're at now and level it up ten by ten. And so she was like, Oh piss at me, you know. And so she did. And so she was this kid, this sixteen year old kid that, you know, she graduated before she was in high school in our in our cosmetology school and before she graduated high school. And I remember her she had four clients waiting for her at one time in school, like which is unheard of, as you know, Kelly. And so she'd be working on four clients at the same time at sixteen years old. And this girl, like she had this incredible mindset and she worked, and I know figure skating helped with this because you have to have, you're falling down all the time and getting hurt, falling on hard ice. And, but this cosmetology school really made her who she is and the adversity that she went through. Trust me, when I was a mom, like, I'm like, I just, I want to fire the staff. I want to get rid of the students. And, but no, I knew they were going to help refine her. And so instead of fighting with it, I just helped to coach her to be a better, you know, leader. And so fast forward with that, you know, same thing as, uh, Justin, you know, when I think about Justin, he's got an incredible, uh, business right now, um, personal training business. And he's, um, really, really led by example with how to build an online business. And I'm like, Justin, you have this gift in you that you could really help our palmetto schools with marketing. And so, uh, seeing that in him and he just, Went through an an hour long interview, right? To go through this process, and so there's no free lunch. Like you've got to earn this position because I know as an owner that all eyes are going to be on them, and and so and I let them know right away, Kelly. Like, hey, listen, all eyes are on you, so you're here, and but everyone's going to see you here, and so you better be here. You know, so you better raise that uh, lid. I like to call it the leadership lid, and you have to be ten times better than everybody in that business and you have to have that ownership mentality. So it's, it's kind of like a pastor's kid, you know, so to speak, you know, what they go through uh, being a pastor kid in a church, you know, uh, through that process. So I just, I know what I know um, as, you know, as a business owner and I know coaching a salon owners, Kelly, which I know you do too, where they have kids working in their business and it could almost destroy your business if you don't handle it properly. So I feel like God put me through these positions so that I can help, uh, business owners that have kids in the business to be able to help shift their mindset. The first day that Brianna started working for us in the Palmetto School, Fort Myers, uh, Brie Bri hates when I tell this story, uh, but she was, um, she was like, I don't want to say mouthing off to me, but a typical 18 year old, right, with me and in front of the staff. And I had to write her up that day. And so the first day she started, I had to write her up and do a coaching form with her. And she never did it again. And her and I have had this incredible respect for one another. And now we speak together all over, um, not only for business trainings, but also at churches. We just finished the book together, "Be Uncommon. And, and I feel like God, and I tell women this all the time, that I feel like God gave you the kids that you're supposed to have for a reason, because they're also going to teach you things that you can imagine. So they can be your mentors. And really Brianna and Justin have been really strong spiritual mentors for both Brian and I to be able to show us a different uh, thought process spiritually that they learned in their generation that we didn't learn in our generation. So they're really helping to open our eyes uh, through the process as well.
0: So you said what I, what I've loved about your career and I've got a chance to have like a front row seat with it and I've got to see these things happen. So um, number one is, you know, you started <laughs> off with the schools. Right, you, you're you a self professed, not so great hairdresser, that's what you always say. Although I had never saw you cut hair, I never saw you do anything, but <laughs> you seem to be good at everything you do. But you started off in the professional beauty industry, right, as far as school owner, and then uh, you know, you went into the salon part of it right away. Uh, Elite Expressions, big ups to that place. Um, I can't
1: believe you remember, yeah. <laughs> the right name at- of it.
0: Right across the street from Denny's in good old Port Huron, Michigan. Whoa, whoa, represent. Um, So you did that. Um, I was with you during the process of progressing into Sterling Heights. Um, And then um, you started looking at Fort Myers. Then you did Fort Myers. Then you did uh, the salon um, in uh, Clinton Township. Um, Uh And then you did the salon down in Fort Myers. Um, Then you did the uh, school in Ann Arbor. Now you're doing Nexalon uh, leadership. A lot of times people get to a point, you know, they get to a a mastery level of a certain area, and then they're like, okay, I'm just going to sit in this. It seems like you keep leveling up every single time, and you keep moving into almost like almost a different lane, Where does that come from? Where have you found that? Like, where have you found that inside? And can it be taught or is it born in?
1: Oh, goodness. You know, Kelly, I just, I feel so blessed just to be alive. And I feel like God put us on this earth for a reason. And I I feel like everybody has that. I, I feel like we all have that innate thing of what we're supposed to be doing. And why not? make your purpose a part of what you do for a living right and so i just it breaks my heart when i see people um having jobs j-o-b that they hate or that they're miserable at you know and so it's like oh my gosh now knowing what i know now because i was in dentistry for 14 years and i was good at it i was so good at it and i I felt great about what i did but i could have sat in that but instead. I believed what my husband believed for me of saying, Hey, why don't you own a business that could be a ministry? Yeah. I went kicking and screaming for a minute, you know, because it's hard to get uncomfortable doing something that you've never done before. And, but I think just that mere fact of just saying yes to that, of uh, potential opportunity, it opened my mindset of wanting more. And I believe we're all born for that. I, I don't believe that there's just like, like, like you said, like you're born, we're all born with it. We're all born to do more and to give more and to be more, right? And so I, I like to call it, uh, there's an incredible mastermind I just did uh, with a book called The Big Leap, right? And it's uh, by Gay Hendricks. And uh, he talks about your zone of genius, of really kind of finding that zone of genius and where you need to pivot. And so, again, what I coach people, like I don't think you were born just to do one thing. I think you were born to do so much more, which is such a smart way to actually uh, be in business, especially through COVID. Like I think we learned our lesson of you you need to diversify your income too. And so I've been so blessed in that in that message of being able to diversify our income all of these years of opportunities that my husband and I have had together. You know, in it. So we don't just make money one way. We make money several ways, but it's all like a a ministry for us of being able to give back to other people as well, too. So whatever something goes and put in front of me, Kelly, I'm always just thinking, how can I, what can I do to help more people? And so I just listen to my heart. I listen to what the God, God gives me promptings and we all get those promptings. And so, you know, don't dull it out. Listen to it. Get around higher minded people that will support you in those dreams because we have to be really careful because uh, you know people who've abandoned their dreams will try to steal yours. And I've watched it in my own life, right, of people trying to steal my dream that I have in me and get around people like you, Kelly, because you're one of my biggest uh, coaches that I've used in this business of uh, being able to kind of borrow your belief that you've given towards me because you know, I always just thought of myself as just this little girl from Milford, Michigan that could accomplish absolutely nothing. But then I started thinking differently and doing what you do of just how can I give? How can I serve people? Like you're the greatest servant. And and so many times it it can turn into a business that serving can happen. And so that's what I love about you. That's why I follow you. I always follow you because you're always going that next level too. And I just want to be around people like that, uh, that make me think a little bit differently, get out of my comfort zone.
0: So with you getting out of your comfort zone, like, again, I think that it goes back to a lot of people that say, like, I was with you in Port Huron. And I remember hearing people, um, you know, say, oh, Port Huron, uh, no one can succeed in Port Huron. And I believe, this is just my belief, is if you say you can't succeed in Port Huron, you're right. If you, exactly. say, if you say you can in Port Huron, you're Right. How do you help people to jump that track?
1: (laughs) I think just uh, the proof is in the pudding, and you've helped me do that, uh, Kelly, uh, coaching us through the process of a salon in Clinton Township that's right next to a laundromat, right next to a McDonald's that's been robbed. And by the way, we just got robbed again last week. We had uh, three cars broken into. Yep, my daughter's uh, $600 purse got stolen and all of her credit cards uh cash going out of another <laughs> and i'm like here we are but i'll tell you right now our uh hannah who's one of our highest uh, our highest uh people in the salon and she's one of our business partners she just did eighty one hundred dollars last week eighty one hundred dollars in a week like that's ridiculous right yeah and i know a lot of it from the coaching from you like it's possible you know and here we are I think it's just really, you know, believing, like you said, you can and making it happen. And and I love it because Ken Pavis, we took over his slime. And I remember asking him, why, why would you have a slime here? And he was like, and just like you, I want to prove to people that you can make it anywhere and you can make it work. And now obviously with social media, you can make it happen. And, And so we've really kept like our, our, um, our rent really low, less than 10%. We have a business structure and plan that you've helped us to put in place, uh, Kelly. And so just really borrowing that belief from Tavis And we were actually kind of like, should we move this salon or should we keep it where it is? And we're like, you know what? This is a good story. This is a great story. And we asked all the staff and they said, no, we should stay. We just remodeled it during the entire uh, COVID process. And it's so beautiful. Like, we're so excited about it. But then, of course, that happens. But you know what? It, they're unshaken. We're like, we're just parking the front. We're, just, we're not going to park in the back anymore. We're not, all going to park in the front. Like, we're not going to let these people beat us through this process. And so we have an incredible story to tell. And, and again, I think it's about getting around the right coaches uh, to coach you uh, forward through that process as well.
0: So I started this whole podcast because of my kids. Like, the whole reason was for Maddox and McKenna. And the reason why is because I wanted to to humanize iconic people like yourself. And that's why I wanted to have you on here. Now, to me, it's been cool because I've got a front row seat to one of the biggest icons in, in our industry. And not only our industry, but you've transcended. You've transcended to a, a whole other place. Um, but I wanted to humanize people like yourself, not in a negative way, in a positive way, helping my kids to realize that, I mean, Auntie Tina, yeah, she's super successful. She does salon, she does school, she speaks all over the place. She's a coach, she has next level leadership. She's doing these things, she's an influencer, but at the core, she's Auntie Tina and she loves her husband, she loves her kids, and as long as those things happen, everything else will fall in line. And McKenna asked me yesterday, she said, Daddy, would you rather your kids make uh, become really, really successful or would you like them to do what they loved, and I said, "Baby, if you do what you love, then you'll be successful." Exactly. And but I think that she was asking me, like I don't think that she was asking me about her. I think that she was probing. As a eleven-year-old, she—I think she was asking basically, like, "Daddy, are you doing what you love?" Does that wow. make sense?
1: Coach, see, guy raised her up. She's in your family for a reason.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, if you could look in, if you could look into the camera for me. And, you know, with with McKenna, I, I just had her uh, favorite pop star on uh, last uh, on what was it? I think it was on Friday. Um, <laughs> he was on the podcast and he was here in the I studio. Love- he was here in the yes, studio with I me. Saw
1: that. Yes. And
0: she freaks out like, oh, my gosh. This is-, and I'm like, baby, no, no, no. That's not an icon. That's not an idol. No. It's a human being. And yeah. whatever you do, you be passionate about what it is that you do. And everything's going to work out. So, and my little son, Maddox, you know him. He's a cartoon character. This kid is on fire. He just has so much love in his heart. Um, I, I, tell, I don't know if I told you this story, but we went to Dude Perfect. And we went to the, 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 the live Dude Perfect. And my buddy was supposed to get me tickets. I can't let him listen to this until he's 18, this one. My buddy, I called him, and I was like, I'm getting meet and greet, front row, doing the whole nine for Maddox. Can I – uh, what, what should I do? Cause he gets tickets and he's like, don't worry about it. I got you. And I was like, cool. So I won't buy the tickets. So I'm leading up to it and I'm just not telling, um, uh, Maddox and I'm just so excited. We're going to Dude perfect. And I got like, and my buddy has the tickets. Like we're sitting up front. We're going to meet these jokers. I'm, I'm going to be the dad of the year. Well, it comes down to the day of the, the, uh, kind of concert. No one's called me. And. Then I call him and he's like, oh yeah, he's scrambling. I could tell he hadn't got me any tickets. And he's like, yeah, okay, well, uh, hold on for a second. And then he s- sends me to a girl. A girl sends me tickets. I look at the tickets. I've been to a lot of concerts and things like that. And I look at them and I'm like, these honestly are the worst tickets in the whole entire arena. Like the worst Like, I'm not talking about kind of bad. I'm talking about, Tina, the very top, like all the way at the top, on the side, not in front of the stage, on the side, like stage here, all the way up on the side. I know where they're at. I called my dad. And I said, Pop, I I don't even know if I want to go. I don't know if I want to take my son to this because I don't want him to experience this kind of stuff. I want to take him. I want to level up. I want him to see what's possible. And my dad said to me, He'll react how you react. So sell it, boy. And I got in the car and I was like, Yeah, we're going to do perfect. We're going to do perfect. I was taking him there. I was like, Yeah. And he's like, Where are we sitting, dad? I said, I can't, I don't know. But I tell you, it's going to be amazing. He's like, Are we VIP, dad? And I said, I don't know. He said, Are, are, you, are we VIP? Then we got to the uh, place. And when I looked at my tickets, I knew they were the worst. But I didn't know how the worst they were until I got in the arena. And I walked into the arena and I looked. There was seats. Then there was benches. Then there was just concrete above that. We were on the concrete last row on top. But we come into the arena here. The stage is like right here. We're all the way on the side of the arena. So you're looking at the side of the stage. As we're walking around, I was like, oh, man. And, and Maddox says, what is it, Daddy. And I said, "Oh man!" And I looked at one of the cement seats, which I knew we were going to be sitting on at some place down the road. And I said, "Oh my gosh, those right there are the VIP seats." And Maddox said, "Daddy, is that the VIP? Is that where we're sitting?" And I said, "I don't know, son. Our seats are way over there, so I can't tell you if we're. I don't. I just don't know. But don't get your hopes up, because. But these are the VIP. Every time I walked past a cement uh, uh, chair, I was a uh, cement bench. I was like, "Oh, there's a VIP. There's a VIP." He's like, "Dad, that's a VIP." And I was like, "Dude, there's an ultimate VIP right there." and as we walked past all of them he kept asking me everyone dad is that us dad is that us dad is that us and then i finally got to the last one i was like oh my gosh son he said what dad i said we're vip buddy (laughs) <laughs> we're VIP. And he said, VIP. And he went and sat in his chair. We're the last row and we're on top. And we can't even barely see these little jokers. They're like this big. And he's looking, and he's like, VIP, Dad. I can't even believe it. We're VIP. And I videoed him saying VIP. And then he turned around to me. And he's like, Daddy, Daddy, look, you know how I know we're VIP? And I said, How son? He said, Look at those people down there. And he pointed to the person, people in the front row. He said, You see those people down there in the front row? And I said, Yes, son. He said, You see what they could see? They can only see the stage. But he said, we could see the stage and them. He still doesn't know to this day that we had the worst tickets in the world. The reason why I tell you this story, Tina, I want you to look into the camera and say to Maddox and McKenna, what advice do you have for them? Through all your travels, through all the things that you've done, you've got to, a chance to, when, when John Paul wasn't available, they uh, sent Wynn. When they didn't have Wynn, Claybaugh, they sent you. You've had so many pinch me moments on private jets. You've opened businesses. You've made millions of dollars. You've lost millions of dollars. Look into the screen and talk to Maddox and McKenna (laughs) and tell them what piece of advice Auntie Tina would give them.
1: Oh my gosh. What an incredible story. I love what Pop said about sell it, boy. And, And I love it because it is all about attitude. And so... Kenna and Maddox, I just want to tell you what your dad told me this year, and I'll never forget that moment because I knew this, and I knew it well because I even wrote about it in my book, and it is the scripture verse of you're perfectly and wonderfully made in the image of God. Anything contrary to that is a lie, and from this day forward, I will only speak the truth over my life, and that's what I want to tell you to do. Memorize that Bible verse, because every single day when you wake up, say, I'm perfectly and wonderfully made, and then you will be living the life that God destined for you to do. And then and only then you won't be obsessed with money or success, but then you will be obsessed with improvement because you're going to lean on him, which is God, for every step of your life. I love you, Maddox. And... (laughs) And McKenna, you two are amazing, and I only see amazing things happening with both of you because of incredible parents like your dad in Brooklyn. So thank you for giving us your dad all these years to coach us and the Paul Mitchell schools and the future professionals and my staff. Thank you for allowing him speak into our lives because he truly is a legacy builder.
0: Thank you. I've got now. You're almost off the hot seat. You're not off yet, Tina. I always keep you on the hot seat as much as possible. Um, I love, I-, I love this. If you ever get a chance to see Tina uh, Black dance, please uh, do it as much as possible. It's oh yes,
1: a, the grandma dance. Yeah, she mm-hmm. got all
0: that. She got all the rhythm. She got all the rhythm, which is good. Okay, there's four questions. Four questions before you get off the hot seat. Um, okay. My wife, my wife's a genius. I just got a chance to go to Chicago. We opened a salon there um, back up after COVID. Um, and I've been saying these stats. People have been mad at me. Okay? 30% less work hours. 50% less physical work. 20 to 70% more income for every single person in our organization. And it's not because of COVID. It is it is sustainable. It has been sustainable. And we've seen this. And literally, it's, we 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 made it happen, not like a spike, because most salons, when they came back from COVID, they were like, we're working 18 hours a day. We're working seven days a week. We're doing all these things. But slow and steady wins the race. So I just got a chance to go and I was walking the city. Because I wanted to walk it. I wanted to see it. And it was like, probably four miles from Wicker Park to, uh, to downtown. And I was walking and my wife called me and I was talking to her and she asked me four questions, which I'm going to ask you. And it really changed my day. It changed my outlook. It changed my perspective. And when I, when my perspective changed a little bit, it also helped the way that I was receiving things or my perception. So the first question is, who do you want to be Tina.
1: I just want to be who God wants me to be and who he tells me to be on a daily basis.
0: What are you willing to do?
1: Anything and everything that God tells me to do and give, giving the strength that he gives me every day.
0: What are you willing to release?
1: Willing to release every negative thing that I say, about myself and believe everything that God is telling me to do.
0: What are you willing to receive?
1: Everything that God has for me.
0: You're officially off the hot (laughs) seat. You're incredible. I mean, honestly, like I could, I could sit with you for hours, um, to be able to hear you because uh, number one, the, the truth that you speak is so, so, so powerful. But why it's powerful to me, Tina, is because I know you. Because I know you and I see you. I see you at, and we have laughs at times when, you know, and when we're not on a camera, we're not recording. Um, We're laughing, but the the message is always consistent. I've never been able to find a time. And I, I tell you, there's very few people like this in my life. I've never found a time where Tina didn't show up. Like this, Tina, the Tina that you guys hear, all of you guys that are listening to this, and I invite you go to Michigan, find her, Port Huron, Sterling Heights, Ann Arbor, um, go to Fort Myers, go to Marco Island. <laughs> you, you'll you'll feel <laughs> out, you'll feel out of place if you're under ninety five and don't have black socks and white shoes on. <laughs> Marco, Marco sure. but I tell you, Marco Island's great. Shout out to Marco Island, I love it. Um, but I invite you, go to, go to Paul Mitchell, the salon. And what you'll see, if you, even if you don't see Tina there and you don't get a chance to be able to talk with her, what you're going to see is that, that vision embodied in every single person that's around. Read her books. But when you read her books, don't take it with a grain of salt because there's very few people that re- uh, write books from experience. There's very, there's most, uh, a lot of times people write it from theory and then they go out and try and prove the theory after they wrote it. But when you read her books, when you are in her businesses, when you get a chance to be able to be on her masterminds, the next level, uh, salon leadership, all these things, guys, I want you to realize that what you see is what you get. And that is not very common in this country. It's not very common in this world. It's not very common in any culture that I've ever seen. And so I want to applaud you. I want to celebrate you at the highest level, Tina. And I want to thank you for being here today.
1: Thank you, Kelly. It's such an honor always to be in your presence. I appreciate you so much. Thank you.
0: Well, you're off the hot seat. Guys, if you're listening, you need to click the link. You need to subscribe. You need to do all the things that you're supposed to do. Um, there's going to be shameless promotion. Most likely there's big ads, things like that. Patronize the places. Piper diamonds is one of them that sponsors the podcast. Another one is, uh, um, uh, Cardenas law group, uh, a boutique, um, law firm there in Las Vegas, one of the best in the world. Um, but okay. do do what you're supposed to do, guys. Click the links, subscribe, do all the stuff. But we want to thank Tina Black so much for being here. I cannot wait for part two. Um, you're officially off the hot seat, Tina.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you bye going.